0: Welcome back to Dandelions, a podcast for women. It's Molly here. And of course, I'm with Julie. Hey, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You look good. And we are joined with another Julie. I don't know how we're going to distinguish.
0: I, I don't either. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you have a nickname,
1: Julie Davidson? I do. JD. How JD. original.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping, I I kind of wish that I had a nickname for you. I don't we're gonna know. We're going to come up
1: with, we're going to come I, up I with something. I started with
0: jewels lately. Have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah. How's that going? I, have. It?
1: Do I people like call that. You that. Okay. They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. I like it because it's very comforting. It's very, you know. So you yeah. call me whatever. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, so we're going to talk today, though, about the wild and wacky real estate market of 2020. It's crazy. So I'm told. So I read. And Julie, when she's, <laughs> Not being a personality extraordinaire on the radio, or a podcaster, or an author, or a mom. (laughs) She's a real estate agent. (laughs) And we're going to talk with our Julie about that, and our guest Julie, who is also a real estate agent, and also a mom, and also a personality extraordinaire. And that's Julie Olson. Hi, Julie Olson. Hi. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> Doing great. So I'm going to just open it up with the big open wide question of like, maybe Julie Davidson, if you want to start. What is going on with the market? Is it a good time to buy a house or is not <laughs> it a good time to buy the house? And and how come people are buying houses during COVID? And I don't get it. And <laughs> I just want the whole thing explained to me in the simplest way in the simplest possible way. So speak to me like I'm five years old about the real estate market. What's going on?
1: Okay, Molly. So (laughs) there's a thing called a house. (laughs) You know, it's funny that right before I I, um, popped on here, someone just wrote to me and she said, is it a seller's market? And how long do you expect this phenomenon to continue? And I said, yes, at the moment, (laughs) it is a seller's market. So to answer your question, it's a great time to sell a house. And by the way, we've got two people here who can help you. (laughs) <laughs> um, it truly is is a really, really good time to sell. Fall typically is, right? It's, it's you know, kids are back in school. So we usually have a fall market that's really, really healthy. Well, it just has been very crazy, I would say, the entire year. So sellers have it a little bit, I don't know if I'd say easier, but if you're going to be in a position and you had to choose, it'd probably be better to be a seller. Buyers, simply because we are low on inventory, Right. One reason, um, are are literally having to I don't like the word fight, but they're really they're in stiff competition. Ooh, I want to hear and about these fights. It's 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 not like it's not I wanna hear about
0: you it going down between <laughs> you and the other realtors, feeling like, no. No. I, like, I
1: don't know if it works quite like that, but inventory, I, I'm, looking, I'm thinking
0: West Side story in my head now. It's not it's not a situation like that. <laughs> Should we do a little? Should we do a little
1: realtor dance, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, there we go. Julie snapping, maybe, I'm snapping. Maybe somebody um, gets cut. Yeah. Oh, it's right. uh, it's difficult for the buyers, right? So basically, um, what you're saying is
0: that it's a good time to sell your house if you want to, but there's just not a lot of people who want to sell their house. There's more right. people who want to buy your house.
1: Exactly. So you could mm-hmm. have one house. These are rough numbers, but you could have one house, right? And you could literally have. Forty, forty-five people look at that house within a two-day time frame. You could have anywhere as a listing agent, as a seller, between ten and I'm hearing upwards of like double-digit offers. I and mean, we're Holy talking shit. up to, yeah, we're talking up to over thirty thousand dollars over asking. Um, now, let Julie. You know what? What is your experience for what you're seeing right now in the market?
2: Um, exactly what you're talking about, Julie. The um. Listings are getting tremendous amounts of traffic and then super, super aggressive and competitive offers. Um, buyers are doing things that we haven't seen on a regular basis. Like they're um, offering to pay up to X dollars if the house doesn't appraise. Um, clo- of course, the standard stuff, you know, closing dates that the seller wants, letting sellers have post closing occupancy for free for two weeks. You know, insane stuff to to put their offer over the edge of other of the other fourteen offers that the house has.
1: Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of love notes too. Like people and we oh, see yeah. that we've always seen that, but now people yeah. are like, "Listen, this house speaks to me. Should I write a note?" And I had a, a a transaction recently, and I'll just say it's it's not it's not always the higher amount. I mean, people, mm-hmm. it, it is a business <laughs> transaction, but to some sellers. They, it's important to know who's taking over their house. And so what what kind of
0: things really get sellers? Like, as people say, like, oh, I want to raise a family in this house someday. Or what
1: what do people say that's so heartwarming? They might say, as soon as we walked in, this house just hugged us. We Mm. can see our children, um, opening their Christmas gifts by the fireplace. Oh, wow. We love the, the cozy breakfast nook. Um, you know, our parents are elderly and they're going to be visiting. And we love the fact that this is a, a stairless ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll often include pictures. And some of these families are some of the cutest people. They're the, they're so cute. They're, they're the family that you would buy the, the frame because the cute family in the picture, you're like, <laughs> oh, if you're at Target, like I want that frame and you don't really want the frame. Right. You just want to look like that cute family. And yeah. I've had sellers say, wait a second. If I don't take their offer, that means that cute family's not going to get my house. I said you can't, you can't give the house to everybody. Like legally, there's no way for us to do that and stay in town and like get away, get away with that. We just, we it doesn't work that way. Um, I've seen in the basements where, um, uh, you know, how people do the height with the pencil and they yes. mark off where, where the kids are. And um, there was a house that had the kids' names, and somebody made reference to that, and they said we see us doing that. As you did for Mark and James and, and, you know, whatever the kids' names were, we want to carry on that tradition as well. We're really excited to do that. Or we we love what you have done with this part of the house and we're going to keep it that way. And and they mean it. I mean, people people want what they want. And when it moves them, it moves them. Not everybody writes those letters, but that is also something that that people are doing. Um, Also, sometimes we're having lenders step in. And obviously we don't want to go out without a pre-approval. You got to be pre-approved. Like this is not a casual, like, yeah, let's just go look at a house. Let me see your pre-approval first, right? But sometimes we'll even have the lenders call um the the other agent, call the listing agent, just say these are solid people. Um, here's what we're gonna do, and we can get this done in X amount of days. So there's this, there's a lot of pressure on the buyers. And it's it's actually really, really difficult. Um, and you'd think it'd be great to be on the listing side, but it's those are difficult decisions as well. And then you still have to tell other agents that i'm sorry we didn't pick your offer and 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 you you want you want to come to the collision table with everybody but you you just can't you just can't do it it's so emotional buying a
0: house i i for i've been very fortunate i've bought 5 houses in my adult life and i forget each time somehow how emotional and stressful and exciting of course but the actual process of buying houses and i have never bought during a time like this this 2020 or it was never there was never a huge surge in the market when i was buying it's always just sort of a reasonably calm time Mm -hmm. coincidentally all the times i bought a house so it's it's hard to imagine i mean are people's emotions particularly high right now is it even more so than what you're used to or is it just always a really emotional experience for for buyers and sellers Was up, Olson?
1: Oh, uh, I was.
2: Um, I think that buyers, especially buyers who have lost out on multiple properties, um, it is it ramps up the emotions tenfold when they are in love with the house and they haven't gotten the last three houses they were in love with. Um, you know, it it varies between like you know fingers crossed like hope 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 and then you know utter devastation or um or elation you know when they do get the house but as a real estate professional and i'm sure julie can attest to this too you know it's it's one of our biggest challenges is to set reasonable expectations and to you know guide and advise our clients and and really set reasonable expectations if you're offering under list price on a house that you know, went on the market three days ago and you need closing cost credit, chances, and there's four other offers already, chances, there's a very good chance that you're not going to get this house. So you have to just, you have to really manage expectations and hopes and, and celebrate the, the amazing things. And then, you know, help like move forward from the, from the Disappointments.
1: That's a really, really good point. of setting expectations. Same goes for sellers, but I think right now, yeah. Julie, you nailed it, particularly for, for buyers. And you don't want to be doom and gloom, but you need to let them know how many days it's been a market. You, you know, we pull comps, right? Which is short yep. for comparable. So we look at comps and we can see what's been selling. We can see what's available within a certain, you know, uh, geographic area. Um, in proximity to a particular house. So there's just a little bit of a science to what people should be listing at and what people can offer. But to the point, like you have to be realistic. I think when you start the business, you want to be nice because you think that's what you No, And it, it, we're, we're still nice. We're still of nice. Course. But we have to be, we have to really help explain and interpret the market and just say, here's what's going on. And now you will get sellers and you will get buyers who Sometimes they don't heed our advice. And at the end of the day, we can't force it. It it can happen, right? Um, At the (laughs) end of the day, it's their decision. We can't say, well, we're just going to put this in here because we don't think you should do blah, blah, blah. They really have to tell us after we've explained their decisions. But I would say there there are some people who now after losing out on two or three houses understand that. Maybe you don't come in under list price or you don't ask for a seller financial contribution. You just and it, it may not seem fair, but at the end of the day, how bad do you do you want the house? And that's right. really what it comes down to motivation um of, of the buyer, because the seller at this point has the um kind of has the upper hand, right? Yeah. And I have you know, had agents call me after we said, "I'm sorry, my seller chose another offer." And you know, you can almost tell who's who's going to do it. I thought we gave a really good offer. What went wrong? And you know, less is more. The seller chose a different offer. You so know, is, it, is yelling
0: yeah. and crying like normal for? Is it normal for you to be yelled at, or for someone to start crying, or for like emotion, major emotions to be shown, or do you feel like? Clients of people by generally hold it together?
1: I, I think they hold it together, but I think you can see a mixture. I think I'm more just, you know, can tell in someone's voice, like, oh, wow, I'm really, I'm really bummed. I really was excited about mm. it. You will have some people, I, I would say, particularly probably sellers, not necessarily in this market, are the ones, why isn't my house selling? Not in this market, but, you know, mm. why isn't my house selling? What aren't you doing? My friends said they listed and they got something, you know, in a, in a day. But that's when you have to go back to the advice you told them as to where to list at the projects that maybe need to be done pre-listing. But it is emotional. Um, have you
0: ever cried I, during a closing?
1: Oh, God, yes. uh, Well, yeah, because you know what? Crying it's almost, closing. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I've got one right now. I'm I'm gonna be doing a like I'm gonna be doing the moonwalk, like you know, Michael Jackson, like this. It's just <laughs> because I think at the end of the day, yes, we are salespeople, which is what kept me out of the business for so long because I don't want to be seen as a salesperson because salesperson just sometimes has that connotation, right? Sure. Um, so we're real estate advisors, right? We yeah. or, or, or whatever whatever we are, but there are people's lives, their their money. We are privileged. I am amazed at the information we are privileged with death. Birth, divorce, loss of income, um, you know, increase in income. And you get to know these people. You have to understand, like, we are dealing with clients sometimes who you might preview a place for them or call a listing agent and ask what uh, direction the sun exposure is because you have people who suffer from, um, what is it, seasonal affected disorder or, you know, with yeah. sad. Then they, yeah. they need, so you get to know stuff like that or people whose children, have, you know, special needs or again, people whose parents are going to be living with them. And and so there's a lot of emotion there because this house is more than just a house and everybody utilizes it differently. But I think some of the best are, I work with a lot of first-time homebuyers and I've dealt with a lot of um, single females, right? Single males too, but single females who during the process were just like feeling beaten up. Like I've handed this paperwork in before. Why am I doing this? I don't understand. And I just tell them, listen, No transaction is the same. There's gonna be a few bumps. Just trust me, trust the process. And then there we are at the at the closing table. They never thought they could do it, right? And and I'm like, look at you now. And I have a a friend who's she's ready to build her empire. She bought a duplex a few years ago and she's like, All right, I'm ready for another one. And that to me is amazing. And I and I can't say that without also kind of segueing a little bit that Milwaukee particularly had had some redlining issues right without keeping people of color in certain neighborhoods so we're dealing with people who maybe can't go to their parents to find out how to buy a house their parents did not know so we're helping you know educate this generation of people who are like wait i have that power yes you have that power the banks haven't told you that and and maybe your parents didn't know or 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 whatever and that to me to see the kind of power that somebody has and and just the pride and the excitement um and and so yeah there is some crying at the closing table. Oh, yeah. There's a there's probably a couple of transactions too where there was like, er, we don't always have buyer and seller in the same room anymore. No. Um, no. So, but that... That's there, a good thing. There are... Yeah. So.
2: I, cr- I tend to cry. I'm a very emotional person in general. And I I remember one closing in particular, a first-time home buyer who never thought she would be able to buy her own home. And we were at the closing table, both of us bawling our eyes out Oh. and I think the title guy was just like what the hell is because <laughs> we couldn't stop crying I was yeah. I was so happy for her and she was so happy and still in kind of disbelief that she was
1: there and I, it makes I we, it gets paid. it was it was yeah. special
2: yeah. it was really special
1: it's it, it's a big deal it's not and I tell people it's not you're not buying a pair of shoes I mean this is no. like changing and what's What's interesting, for the most part, with I mean, of course, there's probably a few clients that we don't talk to again, but you know, people will call me, "Hey, happy birthday," or you know, "Don't you have a son who's graduating?" Or you, you know, and I almost forget how I know them. Like, and I don't stay in touch. Um, yes, there is an idea of stay in touch with people; they'll do future business. But for the most part, I think we're both at the part of our careers where, you, not like I don't need or want the money, but I think we can pick and choose. Who we work with. Meaning if there's somebody where I feel that the personality is, is gonna, it's not, it, I'm not gonna fight you the whole way. If you're going to tell me how it's going to be and you won't listen to my advice, I feel like that's setting us all up. And so you end up being friends with some of these people. Like somebody, like I have a client now, um almost forgot that we were clients. And he'll write to me and just say, Happy Mother's Day you know, and there's also emotion on the side of sellers. So I had someone, um, oh, I think it's probably going on four years now, whose wife had passed away. He wasn't sure if he wanted to sell, right? And so, and, and a lot of transactions, Julie can probably chime in on this too. It's not just the buyer or the seller. They've got family members who like to kind of chime in too, right? And, you know, some of my clients whose partners and spouses have passed away, out of respect, they want to make sure that their kids are ready to say goodbye to the house. And, and this person... I think at some point the kids were ready, and so then we we listed the house. And I remember the day of closing, and um, you know I feel like I'm going to cry. And he just said, "I got to go back in." And I said, "He said I know we're closing," and um, he said his wife's name. He said, "I I need to," and I said, "I said you go in there," I said, "You tell her goodbye," I said, "And you take all the time you need. The closing isn't for several hours. This is still your home." And I, but I did remind him. I said, "You know the memories go with you, but I understand that you need to." I mean, you know, people are living in these houses for 20, 30, 40 years. You know, we're like, all right, deadline, got to get out, got to get, you know? And, and, and so you see that side. And this person um, found him another house and he texted me a couple of months ago and said, hey, if you guys ever want to use my swimming pool, you have my new house, you can... I know, right? And I'm to like, well, people- thanks to COVID, I won't be coming over <laughs> <laughs> in my bathing suit. Um, but those are the type of relationships that I'm like, I really like this person, right? And he would, you know, go very well with with our family, you know. And it's just, so it, it's just, it's kind of neat to have those relationships. And if they don't ever use me again, that's fine. But these are people that you actually end up caring about and you want to know that they're doing well, um, you know, d- down the line. And just the same, you've got people who maybe, they're getting divorced. Those can be very, 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 mm, right? Like, I think she and I probably have a, a lot of stories um, where you know, there's a, a split and one person is doing all the paperwork, doing all the work until an offer comes over. And then that other person maybe wants to chime in and say, no, we want more money, you know? And so you're kind of dancing around this relationship that's already been bad and you're on the other side of the the transaction. So you can't really say anything. And, you know, so there's emotion for sure. Yeah,
0: I, I cried at my closing. Uh, it's nine years ago now because it reminds me of uh, one of the stories that you were referencing and that I did own numerous houses before in my past life with my past husband, but this was the first house that I bought by myself and it was a foreclosed property and I didn't have very much money. And even though I had bought these other houses with my spouse before, my ex-husband, he had done all the pretty much all the work and I showed up and signed, you know, basically. So I felt like here I had this history of owning homes, but I really had no idea how to buy a house when I was by myself. And to me, it was just like a symbol of like, I can do anything solo if I can buy this freaking foreclosed property too, which is just like a whole nother like issue after issue after issue and uh, also part of the reason why I uh, became such good friends with my real estate agent Tony, who we also invited to be on the show today with us, with the three of us, but she's moving and was unable to. Funny, a real estate agent is moving, and so she was unable to be on the show. <laughs> I'm just putting this all together. But um, anyway, so because of the way that she treated me so so well, and we became we became friends to this day because of the experience, and because I knew she didn't make a lot of money on. The sale of my house because it was a foreclosed property. It sold for forty thousand uh, dollars. It was lots of work and little payoff, and yet she treated me like I was buying a four hundred thousand yeah. dollar condo. Like there That's, was no there was yeah. no difference. And, and here I was going through a really hard time, and I just never would have been able to buy a house, and I could barely. I I was in that situation where. It was cheaper for me to buy a fork, much cheaper for me to buy a foreclosed property than to try to buy or try to rent a place in the neighborhoods that I wanted to live in with two boys and for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I don't I can't even afford rent. So I have to buy this house. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna have to live with my mother. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sign here.
0: Right? Oh, God, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, where where are people moving? Are they, I mean this week when I was researching, I I I spread some conflicting things. Are more people moving to the suburbs? Are more people moving to the city? Is it a mix? I mean, right now, during during these crazy times, are houses selling better in one area than others? Or is it just the whole thing's bananas?
2: Um, you know, the major markets like Chicago, LA, and New York have absolutely seen, you know, a migration from big cities out to suburbs. And we're seeing a little bit of it here in Milwaukee. We're getting... Suburban buyers from Chicago are not uncommon right now where you'll get calls for houses in, you know, Greendale, Greenfield, Whitefish Bay, Fox Point for people from Chicago. Um, So it really hasn't hit Milwaukee yet. I mean, obviously we're not Chicago or LA, but um, there is a slight slowdown in the downtown condo market, but Nothing like we're seeing on the coasts or Chicago. Um, people are, I mean, interest rates are historically low. So people can afford a lot more house than they could have even just three years ago. You know, I remember when when we bought our first house in River West in 2002, um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, we had um, a 15-year mortgage with 20% down and our interest rate was 7%, which was crazy good. 7%. Mm -hmm. Now that's like predatory lending or something. (laughs) I mean, now that's insane. You can do a 15-year well under 3% now. But at that time, it was a super good interest rate. So people can afford a lot more house than they could have in the past. And, um, you know, people, I mean, COVID response, people have been looking for bigger yards. They're looking for you know, in home offices, um, because people are, thanks COVID, spending a lot more time at home. And um I think, I think personally we're gonna see a huge um, especially in new construction, we're going to see sport courts in houses. Um, it's a big thing in Minneapolis, like to have an indoor basketball court. And it's not because, oh, the old owner was an NBA star, it was because people want to have a place for their kids to play especially in Wisconsin winters so i think that's going to become a big trend in suburban houses there's already a few of them here and there around um waukesha county and mequon i've seen a couple of them but you know it's interesting to watch like how how things go and what people are looking for in houses whether it's in the city or in the suburbs is
0: are are people being less particular, would you say? I mean, they are they because there's fewer houses available. Are they also at the same time willing to take something that's not their dream home?
1: Be- I think we're having to educate them that that's a possibility. So yeah, if there's if there's only like maybe five houses that come on market that fit your parameters, right? So it's usually a certain neighborhood. Then you have a certain bedroom and bath count, square footage, those type of things you have to look at if this is really where you want to be, you need to look at these. This is and what you can get, yeah. Exactly. Money, money is cheap to borrow right now. So you, you know, I, I kind of couch it as, because I've taken people out and there'll be a brand new kitchen, you know, particularly, you know, you could talk like the North Shore, so Whitefish Bay, Shorewood area, or Elm Grove, you know, Brookfield. And people will go in and they'll say, oh, this isn't my taste. I've got, you know, I'm they're excited to take out what is essentially a new kitchen and put their own stamp on it right so you just tell people like listen it's got good bones this is within walking distance to your kid's school you really have to have those conversations and explain to them you know can you make it feel like your own if you can't you can't but then you're, you're not, you are not might not have a home for a little while and for some people that's okay now obviously you know we have to have home inspections and and that can you know uncover some things that we can't see um i think we've been uh until at least the last year or so, uh, people have been watching those reality TV shows, right? And and I, I generally don't have buyers like this, but some people will come in and they'll say, oh, I don't like this carpet. Now, it's one thing for you to say you don't like the carpet, but are you, are you saying you don't like the carpet and we're out of here, we're not even going to look any further, or... Okay. Note to self: I don't like this carpet, and I know I'm going to have to, you know, have that ripped up. Okay, and that's fine. So, but that's what you're going to have to do, and that's why I kind of dislike the real those reality uh, that which aren't really reality, but um, the home shows is because you know they they make you know fun of them. Everybody's got this budget that's whatever, and they they can't stand anything. You know, the windows are ten years old, and the kitchen isn't to their liking. We that's not that's not how it's going to (laughs) work. You know, if you want that, then perhaps we need to have another discussion and should we go look at new builds? Let's go you know talk with a builder and see if you can get everything you want. The problem is the budget that's that's the biggest thing is people who want all of these things they're not necessarily shopping in the four five hundred plus thousand dollar range. They literally can be between two and three and a quarter 350 right and and so and that's another thing that's a, a little more difficult is I would say within the last couple of years, it's getting a little more hard, a little more difficult for first-time home buyers to buy at a certain price point. Like it is just, I, I would say I'm a, I'm a city of Milwaukee specialist, right? So I, I work wherever, but there are pockets all throughout the city. This is no longer like just in this pocket or that pocket. Like if it's well taken care of and it's well priced, people will gobble it up. The problem is, as I see it down the road, it may be more difficult. You know that 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 starter house price point or that low end, it's, it's higher. It's higher now. And so I do feel for some people, not that I I can't really, you know, I can't change that, but it is something that I have seen like increase incredibly over the last 24 months for sure. So um, good on the sell side, not always on the buy side. But on the flip side though, to
2: that, Julie, is that I think I've seen, especially with my sellers, I've seen the buyers who have paid so much over asking that once that inspection rolls around, yes, they want everything. everything. Fixed. They want yeah. every little thing perfect in that yep. house because we paid X dollars over asking. Exactly. And then sellers are freaking out because, you know, why would we do that for them? It's it's a seller's market. Exactly. And so then you have a lot and you know, and I've seen a lot of um, buyers' remorse. You know, where people two two and a half weeks after accepted offers, they're like, "What the hell did we just do?" Yeah. Like, how much are we paying for this house? Mm-hmm. And backing out of deals.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that can. There's a lot happen. of cold
2: feet right now.
1: And and yeah, I, and, I and again, it's and that's why I keep saying the highest offer isn't always the best. And you are spot on with that because now we've paid full price and. You know, we want every little thing that the home Uh inspection uncovered, which every little thing doesn't necessarily have to be taken care of. So it can get, there are a few situations where you might have a very um, difficult, I don't know if there's the word, but you would have a headstrong or, you know, um, sellers who are not ready to waver on anything and buyers kind of the same. And those, that can be rough because a large part of what we get paid to do is negotiate. Which is basically going back and saying, here's what my folks want. What what do you got? Okay, well, they won't do this. Okay. You know, so you just go back and forth and back and forth until you know that until you can't go any further. And then the parties really have to one, you know, think about it because to be honest, in this market, the seller, again, even though they might not want to start over, there's you could probably call, you know, 30 of the 50 people that came through the property and a good 20 might still be interested and and you know you might get five people to write on it. So the buyers can be replaced. I don't like that, right? But um in this market if they have to put it back on market, um it you know it can happen. So buyers but I can see that buyers remorse, you know, and there's I don't even know the conversation to have with somebody except are you sure you want this? Are you sure you want to do this? But you also don't want to insult them like you know they're adults, but again, I think certain, like you said, setting the expectations. You are paying this much. Here is what the comparables, you know, do show. Um, are you ready, ready to do this, knowing you're in competition? I think that's the hard part. Is we often know that we are already in competition. There's already offers out there. So, um, and we can't, we can't. You know, Molly, you probably already know this. We can't ask the listing agent. Well, how much is your current offer? Our jobs would be so much easier if people could just say, okay, it's a cash deal and it's $250,000. They can't tell us those terms. We won't know until closing. It's just, it's like insider trading, I guess. Um, So we just put our best foot forward. And at the end of the day, you have to explain to buyers, I want you to put forth your best offer and on one that when you go to bed tonight if for some reason this doesn't go the way you want you still feel good about what you what you put out there and most people are are fine with that but we need more houses <laughs> yeah but, we need more know. inventory mm-hmm. to balance I mean, out the market
0: it's so strange though everything is so um it's kind of almost contradictory and that I have thought about selling my house uh, right now because of the market and because I bought a foreclosed property and I'm in a, I'm in a highly, um, I, I think a popular neighborhood in Walker's Point, but I also live on a very poor side of Walker's Point because the neighborhood is large, but yet it's still within walking distance of everything um, that people love about my neighborhood, which is all the bars and the restaurants and the fun stuff that you know someday we'll be able to go to again. But anyway, uh, my thing is then, okay, so I, it's a great time to buy my house and my house was worth way more than, you know, when I when I bought it at foreclosed and I have put some work into it, blah, 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 blah. I could make a nice chunk of money. But then where do I go? Because then all Absolutely. of a sudden I'm like back in that boat where I'm fighting to try to find a house for me or mm-hmm. I'm going to end up renting again, you know, end up renting again and I'm going to be back in the situation that I was 10 years ago. Why I bought this house is because I didn't want to pay those high rents. Yeah. Um, your rent will be a,
1: triple. Your rent will be triple. Right, triple probably. There is
0: probably. A part of me that sees, uh, is tired of owning homes. I will say that I, I, that sounds very privileged. I know, but I've often said if I don't spend five more dollars or five more minutes in a Home Depot or a Lowe's ever again, I'd be I'd be happy. happy. I'd be fine with that. And that also, I my house is uh, built in eighteen seventy six, so it's an ongoing project. So I do spend a lot of time in home and money it. Lowe's and Home Depot, and I'm just over it. I'm done with it. So I have again thought about selling it, but I just thought, well, where, where then? Where do I? Where am I really going to go? And do I really want to be back in now that pool of buyers, like we've been talking about for the last half hour, where I'm all that stress of being one of ten people that want to buy this house and not able to ask twenty thousand dollars. I don't know what's what's an extreme amount of that people are putting over for asking. What's the most extreme? Thirty thousand.
1: I've seen. I've seen up to thirty. Wow. In Milwaukee yeah, In, in Milwaukee, we're not even in this particular case. This was um, in Milwaukee. You know. Wow. So there, there's the, the desire there, and Molly. If you do sell, that like you said, where do you go, and where do you go with that money? Because now you're going to be paying even more. Yes, the interest rates are good, but now you're in competition and you're going back into a house. And even if the house is going to be built in the 1900s, right? It's still going to require at some point, you're still going to have to pay for something. You know, it's just, it's not going to stop. And then, like I said, I think, I don't know what your mortgage is, but I'm I'm willing to bet I have an idea and I think rent would be triple. And I'm not trying to say you're stuck, but I'm, I'm just, I think some people just have to say, how bad is the desire to move? Is it just like, annoying or is it i can't do this anymore it's affecting my health and my my sanity you right. know and right. there are people who are like i'm done um i've had sellers who have lived in places where maybe their spouses have long died and they've been in the house for 40 years And i thought oh this is going to be hard and they're like nope they're, they're they're ready like when they know it's time they don't want to slip and fall they don't want they, they're just done like it served them and it served them well um I helped somebody's grandmother sell her house, and I thought, boy, she's—you know—this is going to be really sad. It's going to be hard. And she said, "Nope, I'm just going to say bye bye." And like, good, good for you. But I, you know, it might not be easy to to get to that. But when you know, you know. Right. So, so you'll know, uh, Molly. I will know.
0: I don't know, but I will know. Hey, how often do people ask you if someone died in the house?
1: Uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or you know what my favorite question is? Why are they moving? Uh-huh. And I always say, well, the same reason you're moving. They want to move. <laughs> right.
1: right, right. What they don't want, what, what it's really code for, are they selling because they don't like their neighbors? Are they selling because there's something inherently right. wrong with the house? That's really, I think, what people... Yeah. And people are just very yes. curious. Right. Um, yeah. I Molly can tell you, Julie, that I just have a thing and aversion for death. So I just <laughs> yeah. don't want to be in any houses where somebody's died, but then Molly reminded me how old my house was and the housing stock in Milwaukee. So there's a very, very good chance.
0: Um, I can't even it, believe we can still be friends after I brought that uh, up to you. I know. I really, you know, I, I, I like to, it kind of ruined your life when I brought that up. Though. I'm
1: starting to itch <laughs> right now. Just, just a little bit. Thank you for that. But people do have questions. I find like it that.
0: fascinating. So that once again, Julie and I are on two sides of the spectrum, which is uh, maybe why this podcast works in the first place. But I just think it's really interesting and I would, I I would love to know uh, in terms of like history. Mm-hmm. Julie would like just not want to know. Yeah, I'd like to know, know so I can
1: just open the lockbox and let somebody in and not have to go in and, and like be disturbed by the dead person's soul that is going to be chasing me throughout the house. But yeah, but people do ask that. I think that like, like Julie said, they more want to know why are people moving? And then you see a lot of like, maybe I would say do-it-yourself projects where people say, what what is this? Yeah. You yeah. know, there's there's things in the basement like what what is this? Um, especially houses that now if you they're built in the eighteen hundreds, like what 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 is this for? Have,
0: have you ever found anything really weird or anything like that secret room or someone left behind like a strange collection or Julie oh, Olson? Man. I think you might have had um, something.
2: The, <laughs> anytime I am in a super creepy basement and there's like a super creepy room, I'm always like Oh well, here's the murder room,
1: and <laughs> <Now> we know <laughs>
2: this is where the murders happen. Because sometimes you will, there you'll think, what's going on here? You know why? Why is this? Or or my like, I was in a house once that was actually like the, all the bedrooms on the outside, and it was a perfectly nice, like, like average house all of the bedrooms upstairs had padlocks on the outside. And I'm that like, why would are they be locking a the kids Department in their of bedrooms? Child and
1: Family Services. <laughs> right? I was
2: like, like <laughs> one door had it. And we thought, well, that's weird. And then the next door had it. And then the third bed. And I thought, they're locking people into these rooms. <laughs> like,
1: children in the what?
2: attic. <laughs> like, like, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. It was scary. I was scared.
1: Yeah, you do, you do see some things and it's hard because you also have to remind buyers that we're not looking at their stuff. Right, right. Looking at their house because they'll say, Oh, I think I went to school with them or you think they have a cat. And I'm definitely afraid of cats. Not deathly, but I'm, I don't like to be hissed at. And I have a, a friend who's a buyer and, you know, the cat's looking at me like, ah, and she puts her hand up and the cat come, you know, comes right over. Um, but you do, you do see some, interesting things and you know I think some of the more interesting ones are the ones where um they're rental units like duplexes oh and yeah. so um there's a system for for us getting in properties to show them we'll just say they have to we have to be vetted we have to be very you know verified confirmed when you have tenants, it can be a little hard because there's nothing, there's no skin in the game. They basically are afraid yeah. they're going to get kicked out, right? Yeah, they have no vested interest in selling the house. Right. And so sometimes we'll get a confirmation. Yep, go ahead, look at the duplex. You're good to go And you get there and somebody's in bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Or a couple people are in bed. Um,
0: or- we once walked into a duplex on the downstairs
2: where the... We walked in, we're standing in the living room and there it looked like there was just like a pile of blankets on the floor. It was a dude sleeping. And... My buyers and I were like, oh. And we just stepped over and kept going. He never woke up the whole
0: time. He never knew we were there. He just yeah. slept the whole time.
1: We had something similar near the university where, you know, a lot of college students in what appeared to maybe be an illegal third floor. Oh, um, boy. And um, somebody was sleeping and he thought, oh, man. Um, so you, you you do see... You do do, and very, very, very rarely will a seller be home, but sometimes you might be dealing with somebody who um has a disability or somebody who's elderly and doesn't want to leave And those. Those can be really awkward too because you you know you're looking at their stuff while they are there, but they're usually very very you know um very gracious but um yeah we see we see it all see lots oh yeah,
0: so Julie Olson. Um, yes. let's talk a little bit about your career specifically, um, in knowing you and through Facebook and stuff, it seems like you are a very successful real estate agent and congratulations. I love when people find their thing. Uh, tell Excellent. us a little bit about how long you're doing it and why you love it. And if you want to plug yourself or <laughs> your place, um, do it. Um, but just. I know there was recently some you won an award, some recognition in a magazine that I saw on Facebook. So yeah, you know, just just go and do some humble bragging right here and now. We're begging you. So we're making you
2: <laughs> do, of it,
1: do, do
0: it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: do it. Well, I work with Shore West um realtors. Um I'm in the North Shore office. And um which makes sense because my I live in Fox Point with my family and uh the North Shore is our our uh, neighborhood. Um, I I became a, a realtor in November of 2016. In that summer of 2016, I, ju- I just decided I want to become a realtor. And I woke my husband up and said, I'm becoming a realtor. And he said, he was like <laughs> snoring and he goes, all right, I have no doubt you will. <laughs> and turned back over and went back to sleep. So I started taking the classes and and listening to them on um like I didn't attend the classes I I listened to them on a hard drive or whatever it was and then um and then in November I started at Shore West and I was waitressing like I had a fun part time job and I um I thought I'd be there for years because I had read you know I I knew the statistics that it takes. An average of five years to really get rolling. And I was really, really lucky that by the time I was licensed, I had clients waiting for me to get my license. And then the ball really started rolling. I had a bunch of first time homebuyers, um, I had a HUD owned duplex in Brewers Hill. And then that in turn led to my first listing, which was their house in Whitefish Bay, a gorgeous brick tutor. And and it just started kind of going from there. And um, I won all company rookie of the year for volume in 2017. And then um, president's club in 2018, 2019, 2019 with breast cancer. And um, I don't know. I just, it's, I I really don't have a clear reason why I became a realtor, but it was the best scary decision I ever made because I was leaving a career, not a career, like my job at the restaurant was a fun job, you know, to pay for like the kids' school clothes and vacation in the summer or something. But um, it really demanded nothing of me emotionally. You know, I, I worked as much or as little as I wanted. And... I, I, if I, when I left, I left, I was done for the day, but here with real estate, I am always working. Mm. And, you know, anyone who says, oh, you can choose your hours being a realtor. No, you can't (laughs) because I, and there are realtors who say I am not available after 5 PM and I'm not available Sundays. I wish I could be that kind of realtor, but I am not. So I, you're always working and you're, you know, You're always available for your clients because someone's going to see a house when they're lying in bed at 9.15 at night scrolling the Shore West site and they text it to you and you can't say, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. when I'm back in my office hours. That's not how any of it works. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, I mean, Julie, I'm sure will totally agree with
1: that. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, I try and shut down, but I never tell people that they can't. Call, I just pray to God they don't call at midnight, you know, <laughs> but, but I do, you know, I, I try and set some expectations like, hey, if I don't get back to you, if you, if you call really late, you might get my voicemail, you know, crack of dawn, you know, I'll be at it again. But no, you, there's, there's no hours. and. No. At least pre-COVID, people, they're working generally. Most people are working until 5 o'clock, 5.30. And so you're out, you know, they say your nights and weekends. And, you know, people are like, oh, that must be really cool. I'm I'm into design too. And you, you just like, just recommend people how to do their houses. I'm like, no, 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 We don't just do that. We don't just let people in and see houses in our, you know, stilettos in this. It's, it's, I just bought a jacket yesterday, a coat. Um, Actually, my sister-in-law sent me one for my birthday. It was little... Too small. Thank you, COVID. And so I went to exchange it and I got one that's super heavy. And I was like, this, I could, you know, I can stand outside during an inspection and I'll I'll be nice and toasty warm because it's just, we're out there in all seasons. Like you can't just say, well, it's cold out. I'm not going to show you a house. I mean, they changed their mind. That's one thing. What Julie did not mention to you is that um, she has had. There was a recent article in uh, Real Producers, and you have to be a real producer to be in there. So the majority of us are not. So y- kudos to you for being a real producer. And I think they described you as a rising star. Yes, yeah, but she's a rising star. Actually, I think you're already a star. So, um, but she did not do the humble. She did not complete her humble brag by by pointing that out. So I think, and, and there, and you've got stiff competition for for you to have all of those accolades and and awards like this. I won't say it's a cutthroat industry, but there are several people who are just they're rocking it, and for you to be among those is is phenomenal. I think I think you found your jam. You know, oh, other, thank you, Julie. And thank other you. people, and other people know it. So, um, so kudos. Well, and,
0: and if this whole real estate thing, you know, all of a sudden, like tanks for for Julie Olson, she she has a backup career. As a play, a a, a Playmobile artist cost me money. (laughs) (laughs) Playmobile, Playmobile cost money. So tell us, tell us about that because we love this about you. Uh, You, you is Playmobile artist? uh, Would that be a fair thing to call you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have a page now. You do have an official page. Yes, I did. I
0: from the top tell people what Playmobile is and what you do with it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's so fun. Playmobil is the, it's a European toy company. Of like, there's Playmobil City. There's Playmobil, you know, construction. There's Playmobil, you know, castle, the pirates, all kinds of different themes. And I, my favorite is Playmobil City, and um, it's uh, it's German. And a, a good friend of ours, when my children were very small um would send it to my kids from Germany in uh, like for their birthdays and stuff as a as a gift and cuz she wanted them to have something like genuinely european so i was i'm on a group on facebook called kids cycle north shore and it's where you sell like your kids outgrown winter jackets and or you give stuff away um you sell their toys they don't play with anymore. So I was selling Playmobil stuff that my kids didn't play with anymore. And I was setting up the, I remember it was a castle, like it was a long dining hall table and like a prince and a princess and a bunch of people. And I set it up to take the photograph of it, to, to list it. And I thought, oh, what's going on here in the castle? And, you know, wrote some like, you know, like vaguely dirty, um, highly inappropriate (laughs) thing about why, you know, what was happening here. And so then I, and it was to get rid of the kids toys. It was to sell stuff. And it just, so then people would say like, um, you know, any more Playmobil stories or anything, you know, and, and I, it just kind of went from there. And then I would post them, for fun on kids cycle. Like I wouldn't sell the toys, but I would just write them and and post them. And then, um, you know, I, we just had a lot of, um, a lot of feedback. The people love the ones that are, you know, the sex ones, um, (laughs) the, like the more inappropriate, the better, but, um, you know there are always like commentaries on parenthood or marriage or like friendships or family relationships in general. You know the, so, and every one of them is has some is rooted in something that has either happened to me or to my friends because my friends will say was that about me like with you know <laughs> and 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 I'll say well, will you think about it. Do you think it was? <laughs> like Right. So it's so you, it's always up, based in fact.
0: You set up these little scenes with Playmobil furniture and little Playmobil yeah. people. I kind of think of it as sort of the European version of Fisher Price people. Yeah, think little, like
2: the little people, the yeah.
0: little people and stuff. So when you're setting now, you're just like you you buy these Playmobil sets for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. Like,
2: my kids aren't allowed to touch them. <laughs>
0: they're not for them and they're not cheap either they're not cheap so it's like this is like an investment that you have made for (laughs) your love for your art form for your (laughs) art form that is and you take and it's wonderful uh tell us how we can see these where is your page how can we see more of these all together well
2: i started a facebook page called um, mommy's mommy plays playmobile and the, I post them. Um, I kind of go in spurts. Like I'll be downstairs, like all of my Playmobil. There's a, uh, like a, like desks in our basement where, where there's lights and the desks and, and all of my Playmobil stuff. And I have all of the accessories and stuff separated by categories. And so it's all sort of organized. And, um, I'll just start playing with it. And then it just leads to a, like a few of them at a time. So it kind of goes in spurts, like, and, and when I'm not very, very busy at work. But, um, it's a Facebook page called Mommy Plays Playmobil. And, um, I don't, it's, I, it's fun for me. Like sometimes my, like Henry, my middle guy has, um, the space station and, um, Annette, um, Oh, the SWAT teams and stuff. And the only time the SWAT team has ever been involved in in any of my stuff was I had bought a Mediterranean villa and I was really excited about it. But then the SWAT team raided the villa. So I had all the family with their arms up standing on the steps and it said, well, thanks a lot, previous owners you really should have disclosed to us that this was a meth house because we just got raided by the fucking feds.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> um,
2: and so, but otherwise the SWAT team is really just Henry's like that. And you know, there's there's Playmobil, like pregnant people. Um, so the pregnancy ones are really fun because I vividly remember all three of my pregnancies, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's my, and the, they're my toys. <laughs> I had a, I had a closing on, um, recently where, um, it was, um, of, a, a house that was, um, very reasonably priced. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to spend that entire commission yes. <laughs> on Playmobil. So I had, or I ordered myself the new modern mansion cause I do have the luxury mansion, but I ordered the modern mansion. And then, I mean, we got like three huge boxes from Playmobil it was so much fun. And then
1: I just bought a grocery store on eBay. Like,
2: this is awesome. Funny things happen in the grocery
1: store. This <laughs> is so awesome. I, I that's how I knew you before you as the realtor was these Playmobil things. I'm like, this lady is hilarious. I cannot wait to meet her. And it's, it's taken a couple of years, but I will. I will see them come across someone's page or something, or you know, like the North Shore site, and they are just. They're 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 great comic relief. I, well, I love them, so I'm glad. And I page. wrote a story
0: uh, about the about her Playmobil art um, recently, or in, er, in the spring, and I'll rerun that on the Dandelions Facebook page. <laughs> so if anyone wants to easily check it out, uh, I'll make sure that the new link to her Facebook page is in there, and you can see some of this uh, really funny and real and. Gets raunchy. That's what I love about it. Love it. About we like it. We like the yeah. raunchy. <laughs> the raunchy does well.
2: <laughs> Oddly, those are the ones that are the most like because people will share them on Facebook, and those are the ones that get the most traction. Are the dirty ones? Like a friend in Whitefish Bay messaged me and said, "Oh my god, I've got all this Playmobil pirate stuff. Do you want it? You can have it if you promise to write stories about it." And I was like, oh my gosh, awesome. Thank you. So I brought it home and I kept thinking this is like a freaking Sybaris pool suite in here. Like this pirate <laughs> cove thing. So then there was a Sybaris pool suite <laughs> <if> like installment. <laughs> because it was I thought, what are you gonna do with this? Right. And then there was like the metrosexual pirates, because some of the pirates were, you know, wearing like stripes and some of them had, you know, earrings and So I was like, oh, they look like metrosexuals. So (laughs) then that was one. And I don't know. I just, I like, I just like toys. (laughs) (laughs) They're my toys.
0: (laughs) Well, I also happen to know uh, that you're a huge uh, fan of dinosaurs. Is that still true?
2: Yes. I, uh, yeah, I love dinosaurs. I don't know. I don't even know why. I just, I, Jurassic, when my husband and I met, he, um, I said, what's your favorite movie of all time? And he said, oh, Das Boot. And it's like some artistic, like, interesting movie. I don't even know what it is. And he said, well, what's yours? And I said, Jurassic Park. And he laughed. He goes, no, seriously, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, I am serious. It's Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I love dinosaurs. They're so much fun. My my branding for work, the logo, it's Julie Olson. There's a stegosaurus in the middle. So mm-hmm. I really... I was a little concerned because I didn't want it to be like a velociraptor because that's a really aggressive like mean dinosaur and that's not how I roll in in business. But I also was concerned do I want it to be an herbivore because they're kind of dumb and slow and I like to think of myself as not dumb nor slow. But when I voiced those concerns to my boss in the marketing department, she was like, "I think you know more about the dinosaurs themselves <laughs> than other people." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna they'll never
1: figure person. it out right <laughs> so Right.
2: I don't think they know as much as you do right so so it's a big stegosaurus it's a fun and every house i list when i stage my houses every house has a dinosaur somewhere in it like i have a couple dinosaur planters i have um a pillow with dinosaurs on it um there's always a dinosaur somewhere in the house it's a good luck charm
0: that's bad that is so cute i love it it's fun do you do you ever uh do the th- what do you guys think about the baking cookies or stuff in the house before people come is that is that something that you've ever gotten into or does that work or I know i've I've walked through some houses where that's been happening and I've always wondered does-
1: I don't know Does if it's really a deal work? breaker but I I haven't I haven't been in any lately COVID's kind so of made it like a thing? Yeah.
0: oh it was over okay yeah. covid
1: yeah, it, yeah. covid kind of like it was like, kind of a thing nobody for a while. wants to touch anybody's any anything yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you know? that's um,
0: true true, true. I, yeah.
1: but but you know I have seen like um previous to covid I'd seen that a couple of times or when it's super hot they would like leave out um a bowl with some ice and then like some waters and it's you know to me it just shows like hey we we really want to be nice and welcome to yeah. our house. Um, I'm not seeing... What I'm seeing now is hand sanitizer. Like literally. Oh, God. Like, you know, wipe your yeah. dirty, you know, off yeah. and 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 that's about it. But um, I don't think the sellers have to do much, but do you have sellers who they want to? Like they are happy that they're selling their house and they really like their house. And I think likewise that we have our, our buyers write letters. I've seen love letters from the seller saying, this is our home. We are only moving because I'm pregnant. I need to be close to family or we got transferred. Um, And we loved this room because our baby was born in that room and our son played piano in this room. And this neighborhood is wonderful. And you know, they go on and on and on. And that I think is really, really moving. And it's like, because there's certain things we might not want to ask. And we also don't want to read into too much about a neighborhood or a house or a family. So when they share those things, that's really that's really amazing. It's like you don't have to guess or interpret or or wonder. They they put it out there for you, and so you do see that. But the, I mean, the cookies are great because I like chocolate chip cookies. So I'm kind of like, oh, let's go back to that house again. But um, I haven't seen any of those in a while. <laughs> so <laughs> if you see any yeah, when you're out there, Julie, let me know the address, and I'll be sure to totally show that house. Up to uh, you kind know, of showing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can I come? <laughs> We're doing a preview. <laughs> exactly exactly a couple of them in one day so yeah. um well so you yeah, guys
0: I, you guys are delightful and i loved talking to the two julies so much i am as you can tell where this is headed going to wrap it up just because we try to stay around an hour but i want to leave you with something too and um letting reminding you letting you know as real estate agents i have a dream that i want to live in a small church someday. So okay. if you see something out there, I have looked at numerous churches before. It has to be exactly like the stars have to align and it has to be the right place at the right place and the right time and blah, blah, blah. But it has to really look like a church, um, okay. not a building that was like converted haphazardly into a into a church, you know, <laughs> half acidly, I think I was trying to say. Uh, but I really am interested in, in that someday. So just shoot it my way if you Keep ever see anything, field. please. It's yeah, good. we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> and I've been collecting things from old churches over the years that I've bought um, from churches from Stempers, uh, which is a, a religious item store uh, that I'm like saving for my church someday. But I'm at that age; I turned fifty, and I'm like wondering what am I still going to do with my life. And lately, I was like, am I ever going to live in a church? Damn, I hope so. so yeah. <laughs> it's your
2: day, man. Make it happen.
0: There right? it is. Right. But again, I, I, like I love it. Milwaukee and so I don't want to leave Milwaukee. And so anyway, I'm throwing that out there. But uh, thank you so much for being our guest today, Julie Olson. You're, yeah, thanks, thanks for you. having me. You're hilarious and you're smart. <laughs> thanks. And you thanks. are... Thanks, I'm in good company. Thank you.
2: Thank you, ladies.
0: And this is going to be available um, very soon through all of the channels that you can get a podcast from. And we just want to thank our listeners for whichever route you took or which uh, you're listening to us. We appreciate you so much. And we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear what you want to hear us talk about. You can contact us uh, very easily through our Facebook page, Dandelions, a podcast for women. We're also on Instagram. And we also have a uh, email address, which is dandelions with an s at onmilwaukee.com so that's that's how you find us
1: yeah give us a holler we want to know what you want to hear you know what you like what you want to hear more about maybe what you don't want to hear more about and also thank you for tuning in as molly said but also if you can give us a review that's really helpful like you, even if you don't like it i said it before just just say yes, you please. like it yes you please know, yes please yes please please uh, give us a review and thank you right and um i always want to say thank you also to you know, your employer on milwaukee.com who lets us do our thing. And thanks for letting me tag along. <laughs> you know, this is, this is always so much fun. And um, of course the folks at go get it today, we had Gabe, Gabe, thank you for being our, I think the appropriate word is sound engineer. So mm, uh, fancy. I'm going to say, yeah, thanks to the go get it uh, community as, as well. Always. So
0: for now we're going to uh, say goodbye, but we'll be back at the end of next month with uh, another show. At this point, we have no idea what it was, what it's going to be. So I can't even tease it, but uh, it'll be something good. Right, That's Julie? That's right. It's something Real good. good.
1: Real good. Real good. Real, Real good. We, ah. we think about our, we give lots of thought to our episodes. We give lots of thought. So it's going to be like so amazing. We actually couldn't share the details at this point.
0: We just can't. So, Mm-mm.
1: Literally. Secret. <laughs> All right.
0: Happy fall, everybody. Happy. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.